Recently, I had an event in New York City. I had hundreds of people come and I brought actual real couples up on stage and did a mini podcast right there in front of everyone. It was awesome. And I'm very pleased to announce that I'm doing two more events. I want to let you know about it before anyone else knows. June 1st, I'm going to be in Philadelphia. June 4th in Boston. If you want tickets, you can get them at iwt.com slash philly and iwt.com slash boston. Between now and May 3rd, you can use the pre-sale code RICHLIFE to get tickets. Again, June 1st, I'll see you in Philly and June 4th in Boston, iwt.com slash philly and iwt.com slash boston. Um, what the hell is going on on this podcast that like 80% of the people who come on here go through massive screening, fill out applications. They never actually read my book. Is anyone else puzzled by this? Look, a lot of the questions that you ask me about money are answered directly in I Will Teach You To Be Rich. How do you pay off your student loans? How do you automate your finances? Where do you start investing? And how do you handle big purchases? I wrote this book as a six-week program so you can follow along on your own or with a partner. If you want to improve your finances, I recommend you get the I Will Teach You To Be Rich book. It has over 18,000 reviews on Amazon. Get it at iwt.com slash book. I know that what we can do together is more than what either of us can do individually. But also, like, I'm, I'm also a little bit of a rebel where I'm just like, I don't want to do those household things because I saw my mom do them and she wasn't happy about it. So when Gemma asks to be able to, you know, hire somebody to deliver groceries or clean the place. How does that strike you? I would rather die than pay somebody 1500 move three blocks. I'm Ramit Sethi, and this is the I Will Teach You To Be Rich podcast. How do you deal with money in a relationship if your partner refuses to spend it? It's easy to feel resentful because suddenly your world has shrunk. You might have the money between the two of you, but your spending is going to be determined by the lowest common denominator in your relationship, your partner, who just might not want to spend money on certain things. Well, today I want to introduce you to Gemma and Jack. They're both 35, and Jack has really strong opinions about what they should not spend money on. Like when they recently moved, Jack refused to hire movers, saying it was a waste of money. So he ended up spending his limited vacation time moving all their furniture three blocks away, consuming what could have been their time together. Gemma and Jack have an income of over $200,000 between them, and they're well on track to become multimillionaires. But Jack thinks people are lazy if they hire movers or if they live in a doorman building. And he's a doorman. Gemma earns more than Jack does raising fascinating gender and cultural questions, which you'll hear in today's episode. They find themselves arguing over tiny issues, like who pays for gas, but they're ignoring the huge elephant in the room. And that is, they're completely financially misaligned when it comes to the big picture. Let's play a little game. I'm going to list out something and you tell me if you would pay for it or not. Would you pay for a car? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, would you pay for a nice restaurant? Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you pay for somebody to do your laundry? No. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Would you pay for somebody to clean your apartment? No. 
Uh Would you pay for somebody to watch your daughter? Yes. What's the difference? Well, with laundry, I think I could do that. With cleaning my apartment, I could do that. Um, I think this is more for like, you know, I think this goes back to my childhood. These are things that I was able to do and I've normalized it where I don't see the need why to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, yeah, I don't. So I'm originally from West Africa. I'm from Ghana. I was born there and lived there for 18 years. And and most part, you know, and I'm from a middle class family and we did have help. But, you know, we were still kind of like it was very conservative, you know, culture where you like you got to clean your room. You had to clean the house. You had to walk the dog, all those things. You had to you know, wash your own clothes by hand, essentially. Um, so, you know, for me, those things are very natural where I feel like, why pay someone to do that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense to me. It baffles my mind when people want to pay other people to clean their house for them. I okay, think it's hold, lazy. Okay, hold, hold on a second. Because I want you to answer your own question just for a second. Yeah. So you said, why pay somebody for that? Yeah. Let's take cleaning the house. Give me an answer to that question. Why would somebody pay somebody else to clean their house? Probably time. Mm-hmm. And because they can afford to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? Uh, probably say because they're lazy. Okay. That's, that yeah. could be a reason. What else? Because I'm a doorman. That's why I'm saying that. But doesn't, <laughs> doesn't somebody pay you to watch the door? They do, and I think they're lazy. Yes. That's I am actually, very opinionated. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. People who pay other people to do things are lazy. Did you catch that? Very, very interesting. First off, if you create an identity around doing things yourself, you will find it very difficult to change that identity as your wealth increases. This is why you hear stories about millionaires who drive around town to find cheaper blueberries. American culture tends to glorify this as if they're staying true to their roots. They never got too big for their britches. Personally, I think it's idiotic. Money should change you. And if you've earned enough to comfortably afford to pay for help and searching for blueberries is not your rich life, well, that's what money is for. Jack is placing a value judgment on people who spend money to avoid doing chores. This is where my disparagement to curiosity principle can come in handy. I call it the D to C principle. Instead of disparaging people by saying they're lazy, ask them, why might people actually be happy to pay for a doorman? When I lived in New York, I lived in a doorman building. I loved it. Oftentimes, we can learn so much about how other people spend their money and what they value by just being curious. So let's go deeper. Jack has even more layers to his financial philosophy. Okay, so you grew up in Ghana. Yeah. You mentioned you had help. Was this like people around the house cleaning? What was it? Yeah, it was people. Uh, well, it was people around the house, uh, you know, primarily doing the cleaning and the cooking. Mm-hmm. Is that common uh, for a middle class family in Ghana? It is. It is very. It is. Uh, so, like you know, either like a family member or a friend of a or a friend of a family whose kids you know they bring from the village. Mm. And they live in the house and then they provide the services. You call them a uh, house help, essentially. Okay. Yeah. So that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know I know what that's like. My family in India has people in 
you know, house that might help with cleaning or gardening yeah. or something like that. Yeah, okay. Like that. So it's interesting to me that you grew up with that. You grew up with the culture of hiring people around the house. And yet here you're adamantly against paying somebody like a mover or a doorman. What is that? I never liked the idea of you know somebody almost feeling like they they have to do something for you, you mm-hmm. know, without I always believe in very like in an open channel, like, hey, if you want to do it, you do it, but not to feel like if you don't do it, there's gonna be repercussions. Like I hate that. You hate that why? Well, naturally I'm a rebel without a cause, and Gemma will tell you that. <laughs> but uh uh but also <laughs> Is this is this idea that I think it, I think it's just crime and punishment in a sense, and that's exact that's the way I was raised. Where it's like, if you don't do it, we're not gonna feed you, we're not gonna take care of you, or you're not worth, or you're not good enough. Mm. Right? If you don't do so what? If you don't, if you don't clean the house, if you don't do the laundry, if you don't take care of the kids, then what is your use? Oh. And it feels so utilitarian. Yeah, and I hate I agree. that idea. And I, I agree. I, I abhor that to my core. Okay. The irony is, if he moved to Ghana, he just admitted he would hire people to help around the house. Now, whenever I hear contradictions with someone's money philosophy, I know I've struck gold. That's the chance to help them unpeel it, to really understand what's going on behind it. Usually, you'll find that we're following some decades-old invisible script that we're not even aware of. You know, half the time, your invisible scripts aren't serving you anymore. So I want to dig into his thoughts on money. I started by asking what's changed for them that's causing them to bring these issues up now. In the last couple of years, I mean, everything has changed. We had our daughter. um, We moved um, to a different location. I got a different job where I'm getting paid significantly more. What's the difference in salary before and now? Difference is about over $50,000 a year. Okay. So what were you making at the past job? 89,000. Okay, and now you're making about 145 or so, right? Correct. Okay. That's Plus a big bonus, jump, which I don't know what that's going to look like. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations. That's a huge jump. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm excited about it. We're still both kind of contributing similar amounts to the other fixed expenses of of our household. How can that be if you make two or three times what Jack makes? Well, we live within our means (laughs) or below our means, I would say. And I think the extra stuff, some of the extra stuff, I, I, I try to like contribute from my salary as much as possible. So like the vacations and things like that, that seem like extra stuff. We, we kind of had this joint expense system before our daughter was born. And we've just kind of mostly kept that similar. This is how most people go through their life with money. They come up with a simple way of handling it. And then as circumstances change, they don't adjust their approach. A lot of you are still following the same principles of money you had at age 15. The way you think about vacations and clothes and paying for services and tipping or whatever's important to you. 
those should evolve as your financial situation does. You have to remember, it's not that people are consciously deciding to keep their accounts separate or to split their money unevenly. Most of the time, they just don't pay attention to it at all. If you ever follow me on Instagram, sometimes you'll see me post about my behind-the-scenes travel experiences, coffee tours, salsa-making classes in Mexico, all kinds of culinary stuff in India. And I'll get a lot of people saying, where do I find that Kyoto notepad maker that you found? And one place you can find that is Viator. In fact, my wife and I used Viator to book a Segway tour where we took a tour of a new city And we had an amazing experience, something we never would have thought of doing on our own. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. And with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everybody. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real travel reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best travel activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. I get tons of email every single day, and I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I manage emails from my team, from my family, and from you. I use a piece of software called Superhuman, and this is an email software that I actually pay for out of my own pocket. It works with your existing email service like Gmail or Outlook, and let me share how it saves me over 10 hours a week. So here are a few things I love about it. First off, it splits my inbox into different streams, so my important emails come into one place. It's not cluttered with a bunch of subscriptions, everywhere. Next, I use keyboard shortcuts. Unlike you barbarians who literally click and peck through every single email, U to mark it unread, S to star it, J or K to cycle through messages. I use keystrokes to schedule messages, like when I want to ask one of my coworkers a question, but I don't want to send them an email on a Saturday. Now, I can work through dozens of emails in minutes using this. And Superhuman just introduced an AI feature which allows you to take a huge email with all these people chiming in and automatically summarize what's going on in a few bullet points. It'll even draft emails for you. So if you want to buy back your time, Superhuman is a no-brainer to me. It's something I spend my own money on and I love it. Right now, all IWT listeners will get a free month of Superhuman. You can get started at superhuman.com slash That's superhuman.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. Yeah. Okay. Now we got to really get into this. So to you, Jack, how does gender play a role with your finances? Uh, Traditional, you know, very conservative background. You know, man goes out to earn the money. You know, you know, mom or woman stays home and Essentially, you know, what takes care of the home or nurtures the family environment or creates a safe space. And and we even had this discussion, you know, this week, even even from where I'm from, even if the mom goes out to work, she's still primarily in charge of keeping the home environment, you know, kosher. You know, so I think that's the way for me, you know, money relates to gender in a sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 
when Gemma asks to be able to, you know, hire somebody to deliver groceries or clean the place, how does that strike you? We can't afford that. So it's, it makes it almost, she's being very cavalier with the money. What if I told you you could afford it? Oh, no, I know we can't. <laughs> Wait, what? I know, no, no, no. I, 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 know, I know we can't. I know we can't. I'm always doing the math in my head. I know we can't. But then I, I think, again, it goes back to my insecurity about it, right? It's, her, it's, it's, it's mostly her money, right? So I think it's very, it's very cavalier with it. Like, even though we have enough, and for me, always it feels like it's not enough. Mm. But objectively, I know we have, you know, you know, more than the average person does. But then it just... Do you recognize that what you feel is different than the objective numbers that you have in your bank account? Absolutely. That's a huge well, disconnect. It creates a lot of stress. Gemma, tell me about the role of gender for you with finances. Yes. Yeah, so similarly to Jack, I grew up also in a very conservative environment. I'm, I'm so I'm Dominican. I also grew up in the DR. That's what I saw. You know, woman is home taking care of the home. But also, I think I saw something different with my parents, where they came from nothing, and they built what little they had their life as a middle class, you know, family together. So to me, yes, there's like this gender role. My mom did her duty to fulfill it. But I also saw both parents working together in, in partnership, 100% aligned about money and, and their goals and their financial goals, um, building together. I know that what we can do together is more than what either of us can do individually. Um, but also, like, I'm, I'm also a little bit of a rebel where I'm just like, I don't want to do those household things because I saw my mom do them and she wasn't happy about it. She did it because she that was her duty. That's what she knew. And, and I'm just like, I'd rather pay someone to do it. I don't want to do it. Jack likes to cook. He's a great cook. He is such a good cook. And sometimes I'm just like, OK, I'll cook this chicken because I know you like to see me cook. But it is nowhere better than the chicken that you would have cooked. And with less time, with less energy, with less thinking about it. I mean, I'm asking him, like, how, sh- how hot should the oven be? What should I do? And, you know, the end result is nowhere near as good as what he would have done. But I'm, I'm also like, I'll, I want to do it to make you happy. I want to do it. If, I, I, I do believe in, in feeding my family because of the joy of feeding my family. But when it becomes this duty, it just doesn't feel like it's worth it. It's mm. just like, I, I have, again, like, we have such limited time. We have different work schedules. There's just better ways of spending it than fulfilling our gender roles, or at least for me, fulfilling <laughs> that gender role that I saw growing up. I spoke to Jack about what he thinks the solution is. And from his point of view, it's simple. Earn more money. He feels that if he earned more than double their current income, in other words, if they earned $450,000 a year, that their problems would be solved. He even tells me that he would finally feel peace if he earned that much. But then he quickly adds that he would have to earn it himself, not working a nine to five. Candidly, I'm not so sure that I believe. Do you think if you made $450,000 a year, you would pay for somebody to clean your apartment? (laughs) Well, I love my ladies. I'll say yes. 
Yeah, okay, okay. I, I, I can't I can't be working around the clock and then expecting us to clean the apartment. So the quality time is big for her. So I will have to say yes. Okay. That's actually pretty interesting, isn't it? So you two jointly make over two hundred thousand dollars. And right now, Jack, you've said there's no way I would hire someone to clean this apartment or move. But suddenly, if you were making four hundred and fifty, yeah, I would do that. What happened? What's the difference? Hmm. Probably us making more, I think. I'm not certain. There's something else, too. I know. I know. Uh, you know, that part of my brain is saying probably because I'm making the lion's share. That's right. Yeah. Tell me about that. I think it will be, it will be correlated to like, you know, a gender role. You know, the man makes more. He's able to provide, take care probably will feel less insecure about money. Mm. Yeah, because if I'm able to make, you know, eight times or seven times more than what I make, and which it will equate to three times what Gemma makes, I think it, in a sense, not in a sense, it would take that insecurity about money on my part. Yeah. You know, that's what I feel like. I think that's really perceptive of you. I think if you were to make that much money, whether it be two, three times what Gemma made, what I just heard from you is you would be able to afford to be generous. Mm. Am I hearing that right? Actually, yeah. Afford to be generous with the thing that's important to Gemma. Afford to be generous paying somebody to do X, Y, Z that you need done. You don't want to spend your limited time on it. Afford to be generous. Yeah. Kind of arguing and staying in our own corners about our beliefs. Yeah. 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 You both got in the ring. You both put on your helmet and you started jabbing each other. And you already knew what the other person was going to say, didn't you? He's going to say that I can do this myself. And she's going to say that you got the quality time and jab, jab, jab. And then you went back into your corners and you cross your arms and say, (laughs) got him. And nothing changed, did it? (laughs) That strategy doesn't work. You're asking $3 questions. Mm. Really, we want to be asking, in your case, $300,000 questions. Okay. Making $210,000 a year. You have... Oh my God, you have almost $400,000 in savings and investments. That's pretty good. 35 years old, how do you feel about that? Gemma? (laughs) Jack, yeah. Well, that's Gemma's hard work. You know, I'm associated with it by proxy. It's not my hard work. Mm, What is it? So I don't believe in hard work. I, I try to the most as possible to do the least amount of work to get the results that I want. You believe in hard work. You're very hardworking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Interesting philosophy. And we can talk about that another time. But <laughs> Gemma, did you hear what Jack said? What is he really saying right there? He said, that's Gemma's hard work. Now you, you chose to focus on the hard work part of it. Yeah. What's that other word in that sentence? It's mine. Yeah. And so what is he really saying when he just responded like that? Well, he doesn't, he's not taking, he doesn't see himself as part of it. He just thinks that it's, it's just, it's just for me. It's just part of 
you know, again, he's not, yeah, he doesn't see himself as part of it. Mm -hmm. The two of you are disconnected. And I don't think you're really tackling that. Instead, what are you spending most of your time discussing when it comes to money? Who will spend what? Like you said, who needs to fill up the car with gas? How much money we spend on groceries this month? Yeah. Yeah. Pennies. Uh, pennies. Yeah. Yeah. Rounding errors. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, so far, we're starting to get a grasp of the problem. We don't yet have a solution. That's okay. We got plenty of time, but we're starting to understand the problem. And I can see that this can compound over time. The two of you fight over $1,500 moving today. And tomorrow, you fight over $60,000 for your daughter's college. Mm. And then what happens the day after that? You fight over what are you going to do in retirement? Mm. Not a happy place to be. It's a place too many Americans are in. And then one day they look over at this person. They say, I hate this person. And it didn't have to be that way. You actually have very good incomes. You have Mm -hmm. the opportunity to do something totally different. That's what I want to know about. I want to know about your vision for your rich life together and independently. So who wants to go first? Who wants to paint the picture for me? What is your rich life? Mm. Well, I've thought about this for quite some time. Um, Jack wasn't kidding when he says he's been thinking about this. He spent the next 10 minutes relaying his vision to me. Here are some of the highlights. Buy a house by the lake somewhere in the woods. I don't know how to swim, but there's something about the water that keeps me close. I want a boat. I want to be working at something for myself, by myself, for something that I enjoy doing. I wouldn't see this work. I also want to be able to provide great opportunities for our daughter. I mean, and that means, you know, good schools and being able to spend more quality time with her. Now, Gemma, what's your rich life? <laughs> um, I love the idea of a, of a lake house. I want to be near nature, but I also want to be near community um, and family. I want to have more children. And I want, you know, I want that like village support as we raise them, that we're not doing it alone, that we have help that things I want things to feel easy and, and just just carry carry ourselves through life with ease and joy. Well when I hear Jack talk about his rich life, I think he's holding back a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I have I, to no I don't I don't I don't want you to hold back. What's an example of what you're holding back on? So I want to make a billion dollars, right? <laughs> And yeah, which is like, <laughs> that's the reaction I always get. So that's the reaction I always get when I'm like, you know, by 50, I want to be a billionaire. She's, she just, there's always a reaction. And, you know, you know, uh, well, for better or for worse, you know, my track record as, as starting businesses have not been great. So it always seems like a pipe dream. And I'm a dreamer. I like to shoot for the moon. Like, I like to just be far out there. And, you know, and when I get those responses from, I feel like it grounds me and I could be wrong. And that could be holding me back. Have you ever asked her why she reacts like that? No. Ask her. Why do you react like that, honey? 
there's there's two things that come to my mind and it's okay i am very grounded so i'm immediately <laughs> like <laughs> so what's the what's the project plan for that <laughs> that's one one aspect of of like you know um where i'm like what well, let's let's work on the plan then and then the other part of me is just like do we need that like it it, it almost feels like we can't be happy until we have that like there's happiness is out there in this dream and it's just like but what if my fear is like you're never gonna let yourself to be happy if you don't reach that dream and i i you know it just i think life can pass us by if we do that and it scares me oh kind of interesting what you learn when you ask your partner about their beliefs, isn't it? Yeah. I have to tell you, it's a little hard for me to relate to someone who wants a billion dollars. I actually find it a little delusional. I think it's a method of self-handicapping, which goes like this. I want a billion dollars to be successful. So until I have that, I'm going to keep hustling. Someone who sets goals like this with no basis in reality isn't really serious. And frankly, if you're making $200,000 a year like Gemma and Jack are, you could radically change your lifestyle by doubling your salary. You don't need $50 million, much less $1 billion. I have to tell you, I hate to see people creating these made-up goals and then telling themselves and their partner they're not going to be happy until they finally get it. That's a recipe for being unhappy for the rest of your lives. Unfortunately, I've learned that you can't simply tell people their ideas are delusional. So instead, watch how I change their perspective. I have a friend of mine who's always cold. She told me she and her partner have totally different temperatures when they sleep. She goes to bed in a flannel pajama. She's got extra blankets. Her partner's running hot. So now she recently started testing the pod cover from 8sleep, one of our sponsors. Before she goes to sleep, she gets on the app, cranks up the heat, and when she gets into bed at night, it's already warm and waiting for her. The pod cover by 8sleep fits on your bed like a fitted sheet, and it collects information. It has sensors. The pod then uses that information to understand what you need to get better sleep. You can set it to heat up or cool down before you get into bed. It also adjusts while you sleep, and you can set it to change temperatures to gently wake you up in the morning. Best part, there are two zones. So if you run hot and your partner runs cold, you can each set your side of the bed to exactly how you want it. Improve the way you sleep by using my link at 8sleep.com slash Ramit for $200 off plus free shipping on their high-tech pod three cover. That's 8sleep.com slash Ramit, E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T for a better, smarter sleep. A few years ago, I was at a tea tasting in New York with one of my buddies. I thought it was going to be a normal tea tasting. Suddenly, six people from Japan come in. They pour basically three thimblefuls of tea and we taste it. I've never tasted anything like that. And they tell us if we were to buy that, just the three thimblefuls, it would be $75. Now, drop for drop, that's the most expensive thing I've ever had to drink. Not all of us have the time or the money to buy that specific tea from that specific mountainside in Japan. But what if you could capture that feeling of the care and the love, even 
the way that they served it to us. What if you could bring that to your home every morning? Well, I want to introduce you to one of our newest sponsors, Peak Tea. What makes Peak Tea special is that the tea is cold extracted using only wild harvested leaves from 250-year-old tea leaves. That makes the tea rich in minerals and other beneficial compounds. Now, the greatest part is that Peak Tea is zero prep. There's no tea bag that you have to steep for the perfect amount of time. Peak dissolves in cold or hot water in seconds. It's already pre-measured, it's perfectly brewed, and it's perfect to take if you travel. My team's been trying Peak Tea, and they especially love the Pu'er green teas. For a limited time, get up to 15% off and a free quiver with 12 tea samples with my link, peaklife.com slash Ramit. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. So I recommend a different strategy. I'm going to recommend that we get super specific on a weekly basis and we talk about what your joint rich life looks like on a given week. So imagine you have a calendar in front of you, Sunday through Saturday, okay? Let's paint a picture. What does our rich life look like this week? And let's be realistic. You both have your jobs. You have your daughter. Okay. This is like two weeks from now. How about Sunday morning? Let's start there. Sunday morning. I wake up earliest in the house at six o'clock. Gemma doesn't wake up till 839. And, uh, you know, the baby wakes up like uh, eight o'clock. So we have about three hours. What do you guys want to do with it? Is it cliche to say uh, quality time? No, it's not cliche, but what does that mean for you? Family breakfast. Mm -hmm. Is this at home or is this at a restaurant? Somebody making it for us. So I'll say a restaurant. Okay. All right. So the rich life I've heard so far is you wake up, you go into a restaurant, family breakfast, nice time, and then... Uh, Jack, you're off to work. Yeah. Okay. Gemma, you want to add anything to that? Sounds great to me. All right. Beautiful. And walk me through the rest of the week. Give me a couple of the highlights for your rich life on a, on this given week. Mm-hmm. Thursday night. I think we need to do something. Thursday evening, maybe we do something together since he's off Friday. So that could be a good day to maybe go out to dinner or or just do something together at home, but just being more intentional about doing something fun together. Let's be intentional right now. Let's not kick it to the future. Again, this Mm -hmm. is a given week. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? Well, Gemma suggested game nights, right? On Thursday nights? Yeah. We can invite some friends or family over and do like a game night. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Good too. All right. What else for the rest of the week? You still got till Saturday night. What date night on Saturday nights? We've been doing that quite a while. I like that. Fridays. Ooh. Fridays, Fridays, Fridays. I think for now, objectively, we might be limited to Sunday mornings, Thursday nights, and maybe it was Saturday nights. That sounds like a lot to me. Yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) Two to three nights a week, some activity, whether it be, you know, going to brunch or having some friends over. That sounds awesome. Realistic. Sounds gratifying. Hey, you know what's funny? 
And all that time, I never heard any of you saying my rich life is doing my laundry on Wednesday nights. <laughs> huh? How, how come nobody <laughs> talked about buying uh, 18 ounces of Windex and cleaning those windows behind you? Nobody's mentioning that. And you didn't mention all this other stuff about sorting the whites and this and that. How come? Well, I don't think we sort our whites. We just do it all, all together. But yeah, I get the point. Yeah. <laughs> So in order to live this really crisp vision that you two have created, Sundays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, I love that. You might have to make some changes with how other things get done. Now, if the two of you were making $25,000 a year total, this would be a different conversation. I might ask Mm -hmm. you, uh, how are you going to afford going out two, three times a week? You two are making 10 times that. So you can easily go out to lunch. You can easily go out for date night. But you can't easily do your laundry and grocery shopping and cooking and cleaning. What is this making anybody think? Am I the only one here? I lost my train of thought. Let me say it again, Jack. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. We're going to take this step by step. This very important moment. Mm Mm-hmm. So you have the money to go out for date nights and brunch that rich life. You may not have the time to do all the other things that you need to do to keep your household running, which include cooking, cleaning, grocery delivery, shopping, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. What do you think the conclusion is of that? We might need to outsource some of that. Boom. There it is. We've gone completely full circle here. Do you see it? Jack started off by saying, I would never pay for this. I would never do that. That's a waste of money. And suddenly he now realizes we might need to outsource. So do you see how we got here? It involves asking people, tell me about yourself. Let's do an audit. How did you grow up? Then it involves patiently creating that rich life vision. And then it involves unpeeling some of these invisible scripts that you have, these ideas that we should not outsource anything because it's a waste of money. Well, that's not compatible with your vision of a rich life. So what do you want to do? You want to change your old stories or do you want to change your rich life? That's how we do it. I like companies that find innovative ways to save money and then they pass those savings along to you. Take Mint Mobile, one of our sponsors. Unlike other wireless companies, they decided to ditch retail stores and all those overhead costs, and they passed those savings along to you. For a limited time, they're passing on even more savings with a new customer offer that cuts all Mint Mobile plans to $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. I had one of my coworkers test out Mint Mobile. She said the service was identical to her existing Verizon account. So if the service is the same, switching to premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month is a no-brainer. Now you'll notice on this show, I recommend to couples ways to cut their fixed costs. If you can dramatically cut your fixed costs on, say, wireless, that is one way that you can take that money, pay off debt faster, spend it on guilt-free spending, or invest it aggressively. Go to mintmobile.com slash Ramit. That's mintmobile.com slash Ramit. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash Ramit. 
Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. You ever feel like you're making money, but you don't know where it all goes? Well, for a lot of people, the answer is subscriptions. Think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, parenting apps, it's endless. And a lot of times we signed up for something months or even years ago, and we don't remember. Now, you could look them up all yourself and cancel them one by one, or you can just try Rocket Money to help you find out what subscriptions you're actually spending money on, and then they will cancel the ones you don't want anymore. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I don't have to get on my phone with customer service. They'll even try to get a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 per year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Ramit. That's rocketmoney.com slash Ramit. Rocketmoney.com slash Ramit. What would be an easy one to outsource? What would be the easiest? Laundry. Yeah. You guys live in New York. Laundry is easy and cheap. Don't cheat, Jack. We already kind of outsource laundry. We do. We do. That's why it was the, that was why why it was the easiest. Hey, come on. Easiest. You can't, you're only cheating yourselves. Okay. Right. It's just a wild idea, but cooking. Keep going. That, yeah. That for me, I think, yeah, well, cooking would be uh, somebody to meal prep. Well, I love to eat. So, and. All right. So this is a great conversation for the two of you to have at your next date night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or you can do it whenever you kind of say, Hey, you know, Jack says, you know, I'm, I think it'd be kind of nice to, to do this. And then Gemma, who's a little bit more grounded in the numbers, her response might be, Gemma? I think that that sounds good. We can afford it. <laughs> okay. How do you know you can afford it? How do I know I can afford it? Because we've done the math. Have you already? We have it. Necessarily. We'll we'll look we'll look into the I'll probably realistically <laughs> I'll probably look into a few services, see what they offer, what they no, call. No, 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 no. No. Okay. This is That's this is a great way. opportunity. This is a great opportunity for the two of you to row in the same direction together. Okay. okay, remember Gemma. Jack, what did he say earlier? He said that's Gemma's money. Remember right. what was he really saying when he said that? Well, essentially that that I was the only one who, who was making it or. Yeah. And that he didn't feel connected. Okay. Right. So this is an opportunity for the two of you to get connected about this decision. So in the past, what would have happened was Gemma, you would have gone back to your corner and I bet you did this with the movers too. You would have looked up how much it cost to move. And then you would have come to him with a big sledgehammer and said, 1500 bucks, let's do it. And then he goes back to his corner Crosses his arm, say, I'm not going to spend that kind of money. I'll take it myself. It's only three blocks. <laughs> Any of this sound familiar? Yeah. Very, exactly. very familiar. First of all, Jack now has a vision for your rich life week, which I kind of love. Hey, meal prep, that would be cool. Now the two of you are both on the same page. Okay. Maybe you even write it down. And then the two of you can, can go off in different directions here. Gemma, you could say, 
hey, why don't we both take a look and see if we can mm. find some meal prep services and then we'll come back and compare what we found. And of course, now you want to talk about money. So the way you can do that is to say, okay, here's how much we make every month. I think we can afford this, or I think we can afford three days of meal prep. Mm -hmm. But Jack, I want you to go through this too. And let's talk about it. Mm. How do you think that conversation would change things from the type of conversations you both used to have? Mm. Those more inclusive. So I think that's the starting point, you know, um, but not only inclusive, I think it creates a sense of cooperation. You know, it's, it's teamwork, essentially, it's teamwork. You know, we both using our strengths. You know, the person who's good at researching is more grounded in money and the, and the ideas guy. And, and balancing each other's strength off each other. Gemma, what about you? Yeah. I think that that might actually work a lot more than the conversations we're used to having. Um, and I like it that it's grounded on, it starts with the vision, right? It doesn't start with the numbers. It doesn't start with the practical, which I think is where I might've started initially, but it starts with like our, our greater purpose together, a vision that we set up. So money becomes not the center of the conversation, but a tool yeah. to help us get the vision. That's right. Money is the fuel that allows you to reach your rich life. Right. And the rich life you started out is so compact and concise. It's just Sunday through Saturday. Mm -hmm. You're not asking for a G5. You're not asking to go to Tahiti every Saturday. It's really <laughs> quite simple. And I like that. It's training wheels. So the two of you get to practice things like ooh, meal prep or, um, you know what? Gemma, I, I know you really want to hire somebody to come in and, and clean, but this is one of those things that I just enjoy doing. So I'm going to do it on my own, right? You get to have those conversations and navigate those. I want to emphasize that you don't always have to agree. You really don't. That's important to know. My wife and I don't always agree on how we spend our money. We do come up with some general values um, that are important to us. Once you feel great, let's say you've done four weeks of this, You've gone to the outdoor dining and you have the game night and you're both like, okay, we get it. We got, we got the food prep. Let's think a little bigger now. Mm -hmm. Now you go from a week. What's the next level that you could work towards in your rich life? Take it even smaller. A month. A month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause I bet you do something different on a monthly basis than you do on a weekly basis, right? What's an example of something that you might do once a month? Visiting family? Bingo. Something like that. So you go, okay, once a month, we're going to visit our family. That's going to happen on a Saturday or a Sunday. So let's put that in the calendar. Okay. Now, what do we need to do in order to do that? Well, are we taking the train? Are we driving? Are we taking an Uber? You start to really think about that. Soon enough, you guys have a dialed in one-year vision five-year, even 10-year vision. Mm. And when you do that, now you can start having these beautiful conversations about things like, you know, what percentage are we contributing to our investments? You know, hey, like how much do we want to save? You know what? I think we should spend on a vacation. That's in our plan. We should put some money aside for that. And money becomes the, the trailing part of the conversation. Okay. You two have earned the privilege to do it that way. 
Most people have to think about cost first. You two are high earners as a household. So you get to start with the vision. And that is just a, a real privilege for a lot of people. So I think that you two should recognize how amazing of a situation both of you are in. I'm really proud of Gemma and Jack for having this conversation. You know, they came in, they were talking about fighting over who spends money on gas. But as always on this podcast, it is rarely about that. It's actually so much bigger than that. Gemma and Jack learned that they have different ways of looking at money. They were honest about the gender and cultural rules that they both bring to the table. They also started to finally create their vision of a rich life. And you'll notice that in this podcast, there are certain things that they told me. I just ignore them. Okay, you want to have a billion dollars? That's great. Why don't you start by <laughs> making $50,000 more? That's a good start. I'm not even going to engage with the billion dollar point. Instead, I want to go much more specific. And what I did was I said, tell me about your rich life vision for a single week. That is a manageable amount of time that people can understand and comprehend. So sometimes we think about the big rich life concepts. What do I want to accomplish in the next 10 years? What about retirement? All that's great. But sometimes we need to just narrow it down to one week. What do I want to do on my rich life Sunday? What does our weekend look like? What about midweek? What does that look like? What does that feel like to us? And when I did that here with Gemma and Jack, you could see that it all finally clicked for them. This is my wish for you, that as you create your rich life vision and you listen to all these episodes of the I Will Teach Be Rich podcast, you start to think, what does my rich life week look like? What does my rich life month look like? And eventually, what does the rest of my rich life look like? Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to I Will Teach You To Be Rich. I'm Ramit Sethi. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't read I Will Teach You To Be Rich, my book, pick up a copy. You can get it at any bookstore or any library, and it will show you the specific tactics for how to build the I Will Teach You To Be Rich system into your personal finances. <laughs>